Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about Biden versus Trump at their first outing at the UN, HHS vax whistleblower, deporting Haitians while ramping up catch and release, and America did not vote for this. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. Today, this morning, it was President Biden's first outing into the UN as president, where he made his uh, big opening statement speech uh, as president of the US. And I want to contrast what he had to say this morning with what President Trump had to say four years ago. I actually, oddly, recall quite a bit of the show I did that day, or the day after, probably, when President Trump made his inaugural speech to the UN, because what President Trump did, in essence, at the UN was to say that America is back, that America, the sovereign, America, the nation state, America, the country that has led the world in freedom, prosperity, abundance, justice, rule of law, the whole wide arena of ways in which America leads the world. What President Trump said four years ago is America's back. We're going to stand up for the sovereignty of America. He went on to say, made several remarks to the effect of, you know, every nation should have their own leader be that play that same role. Your job, every nation sitting in that body, the United Nations, should be, have as their primary goal, preserving their country, defending their country. And he, he really made a great argument for the idea that if everyone who did, the, everyone who's running, who's leading a country did that, you would have stability and that America was going to reassert its sovereignty, reassert its borders. Contrast that with what you heard from President Biden today. And that was essentially, uh, in fact, I did a little tallies. By the way, I made these speeches, um, I made them available on our website, americacanwetalk.org. So you can see what I'm talking about. You can go to the website. What I actually linked there is the transcripts people have made of the speeches, because most people don't have time to sit and listen to the whole speech, or certainly two speeches. So I got the transcripts for both. You can read them yourselves, and you see the difference between the messaging of President Trump and the messaging of President Biden. So that's on our website, americachemitalk.org, on the homepage, under shows, drop down list of links, and it'll be right there. The reason I am telling you this is I think that Biden's speech today was really illustrative for anyone who's thinking, well, you know, uh, really we haven't changed very much. You know, we have Biden and he doesn't send mean tweets and he doesn't say mean things. So, you know, we're better off in America. Even though Biden did not say, I am here as a president and we are here to sign on to the new world order. We are here to sign on to the World Economics Forum's COVID reset. He did not say those words, but he may as well have. Because what he touted at the UN, nothing about the idea, the place of America in the world, 
contrasted with Trump four years ago, trying to say, yeah, America, he's not saying America is better than everybody else, but that we're a, a sovereign nation. What, what you heard from Trump was really an implicit rejection of this whole new world order kind of idea, and instead a, yeah, we're standing up for America. We stand for, he went through a litany of great things America stands for. Contrast that with Biden, who basically spent the speech talking uh, in a great, great deal, talking about all he wanted to do about climate change, all he wants to do about spreading the vaccines around the world. It was a very... Um, it was a very New World Order kind of speech. Just a, you know, don't be thinking America thinks they're anything special. Don't be thinking America is going to cause trouble for the New World Order. We all know New World Order's here. World Economic Forum, we're with them, blah, blah. So uh, it's just one little contrast. Since I made Word documents out of them, I can count words. Uh, if I were giving a speech in person, I'd say, how many times do you think that President Trump used the word America or Americans um, in his speech? And the answer was 12. Trump gave 12. Biden uh, said eight. But many times, using the word America, he was referring to Latin America or the American hemisphere. It wasn't about America, the identity of America. But another, and another just astonishing distinction. As President Trump was trying to reassert the concept of the sovereignty of the nation states, President Trump used the word sovereignty or sovereign, you know, one of those two words, 19 times. How many times do you think President Biden used the word sovereign? One. And in that one time, he was referring to the right of the Palestinian people to have their own sovereign state. What President Biden told the world today, in case anyone didn't already recognize it, is that America's back on board, surrendering to the new world order, surrendering to the power of the UN, surrendering America's sovereignty to international bodies of various kinds. In fact, Biden said proudly that America is going to apply again for a seat, wants to rejoin the UN Human Rights Council and apply for a seat on that council to be represented in the leadership of that United Nations Council on Human Rights. You may recall that President Trump removed us, removed America from that because the Human Rights Council is a joke. The Human Rights Council was comprised of nations that are vicious and violent and tyrannical toward their own people and who are never held accountable. It is like we don't recognize the tyranny of Sharia. We don't recognize the tyranny of repressive states. If the, as long as those states have membership on the UN Human Rights Council, then the tyranny they engage in at the violations of human rights they engage in don't really count. Now, the Human Rights Council is extremely committed to fighting against one particular country in the whole world. One country. The Human Rights Council finds fault with, criticizes, I don't know if they give them demerits, whatever they do, it's against Israel. And President Trump wisely and rightly said, this is not, you're not applying the same standard, this isn't justice, this isn't, this has no connection to truth, no connection to what's real in the world. So he withdrew America from the Human Rights Council. Biden probably thought we're getting back on that. Biden, of course, went on saying, talking about how great it was, we're going to rejoin the climate deal, or we have rejoined the uh, Paris Climate Accords. President Trump had withdrawn us because he pointed out the climate accords basically burden America and the worst polluting countries in the world basically 
number one, whether they're members or not, they don't comply, they don't do, they don't change their behavior at all, and yet burdens America that attempts to comply with it. And America is, our climate practices are getting better and better and better and better. Worst offenders, worst polluters are never harassed by the, um, by the uh, climate change enforcers. And so President Trump said, again, this has no connection to truth. So I will say that the Biden thing, I thought it was important. Um, I know there's a lot of really big stories in the day, but I wanted to wrap up the first five by saying this. I think there are people in America who voted for President Biden because they didn't like President Trump's tweets or other things, his attitude, whatever it is they didn't like about him, but they did not vote for what Biden is doing to this country. I'm going to get to that in my last segment today, that America didn't vote for this. But America really didn't vote to surrender sovereignty. I and mean, there are a small number of leftists who can hardly wait for the new world order, can hardly wait to have the World Economic Forum vision of the Great Reset, and America is brought to the knees in humility and stripped of our, our uh, financial resources and, and engaged in forced redistribution of wealth. There are radical leftists who think that, who actually want that. But the vast majority, even of Biden voters, have no interest in America surrendering its sovereignty, no interest in America having a, a larger and larger um, concession of America's sovereignty, our environmental policy, our human rights policy, or any other policy to an international body. People didn't know what Biden was going to do. A lot of Biden voters didn't know that he would go along with what the radical left wants, is massive great reset away from America the great and toward America, the socialist slash communist nation that'll be part of a big, happy communist cabal running the world. This is where the, the leftists in this world are headed, what they think is good for the world. They don't do this because they think it's evil. They do it because they think it's good. They think it's a great idea. But this is where we are. This little bit of hints in what you heard in Biden say at the UN today are hints that this is exactly where this administration would take America if only we let them. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. Okay, you probably heard the news that Project Veritas on the march again. Um, I want to... Um, I think I want to start by asking Matt the Wonderful if we have that clip right. We do have it ready. Okay, so Project Veritas, um, it, it's an astonishing thing. They actually got a whistleblower who's inside the HHS working in a hospital to give them not only information but clips and data about the real impact of the COVID-19 vaccine. And so I want to ask Matt to play that clip and then we'll talk about it. That's it hasn't probably uh, been done because the, the government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of, is full of shit. Tell us about who this person is. Dr. Gonzalez is one of our emergency room doctors at Phoenix Indian Medical Center. And she's a federal employee? Correct. And now you got this guy in room four who got his second dose of vaccine um, on Tuesday, has been short of breath. And he's got brown myocarditis. Yes! All oh, this is bullshit. I, and and now, let's see. Probably myocarditis due to the vaccine. Right. But now they're not going to blame the vaccine. Well, and you know what? But he has an obligation to report that, doesn't he? They are not reporting. Right. Because they want to shove it under the yeah. under the, 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 the mat. What patient was she referring to? She was uh, referring to that patient, that 30-something-year-old patient that had congestive heart congestive failure. Congestive heart failure. And in that particular patient's case, it was not reported. No. The problem in here, they are not doing the studies. People that had it, you know, right. and the people that have been uh, 
uh, vaccinated, they're not doing any um, antibody testing. It's super fishy. Not that it hasn't been done. It hasn't been published. <laughs> it hasn't probably uh, been done because the, the government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of, is full of shit. The government doesn't want to show that the vaccine is full of shit. It's not doing what it, its purpose was. May I see your badges? You're Jody O'Malley with the Department of Health and Human Services. This is the United States government identification. I'm looking at the CDC website. It says that you're required to report adverse events following vaccinations. One of those would be uh, congestive heart failure. That's yeah, a huge one. Were there other instances that they they didn't report? Oh, I've seen dozens of people come in with an adverse reaction. Yeah, it's really sad. She had just come back from surgery, from leave. So what are we looking at here? You're looking at me transferring her um, to a, a higher level of care that could handle her condition. And this is a, col a colleague at your hospital who got sick. She didn't want to take it because of her religious beliefs. And she was coerced into taking it. Why are you choosing to blow the whistle? It's not what a lot of people would do. They're scared, they're afraid. Are you afraid? I wouldn't necessarily say I'm afraid because my faith lies in God and not man. This is evil at the, the highest level. You have the FDA, you have the CDC, that are both supposed to be protecting us. Are you afraid they're gonna retaliate against you? Yeah. I'm a federal employee. What other federal employees do you see coming out? But you put your faith in God. Amen. My name is Jody O'Malley, and I'm a master's prepared registered nurse. Well, first of all, your hospital is run by HHS, correct? I work for Health and Human Services um, with a Indian Health Services branch for the Native Americans. You, you, these are federal employees. Yes. And you work for the government. So, I mean, the, the main thing is we have to follow. I know. I mean, that's another the thing. I don't know how much longer I'll be here. And the <laughs> here. I know. Are the policies and administrators coming directly from the federal government? Yes. In this instance with Dr. Gonzalez, what patient was she referring to or without saying she the was uh, referring to that patient that had congestive heart congestive failure. heart failure and yeah. in that particular patient's case it was not reported no i'm going to have to transfer you to another hospital yeah. we don't have cardiologists here and what you're developing is like a congestive heart failure mm -hmm. okay and and that's not good. I don't know where this is coming from. Mm -hmm. On July 29th, you had the first COVID vaccine. Mm -hmm. And August 19th, you had the second. You know, you don't have COVID. Okay, but you have got a lot of symptoms, you know. And you're developing congestive heart failure. Were there other instances that they... They didn't report? Oh, I've seen dozens of people come in. So how do we know that the blood clots, or how do you know that the blood clots are a result of the COVID vaccine? Because this is a 15-year-old, normal weight, healthy child. No reason for him to have a blood clot. 
it's a shame they're not treating people. I know. Like they're supposed to, like they should. And it, I think they want people to die. And how many have you seen that have gotten vaccinated here? Domestic and yeah. side effects? A lot. A lot. Have you seen it too? Yeah. Yes. So and and I'm like, who's, who's writing the bears report? Nobody, because it takes over a half an hour to write the damn Why? Why are you choosing to blow the whistle? It's not what a lot of people would do. They're scared, they're afraid. What prompted me to do this was when I was house supervisor one night and one of my co-workers had taken the vaccine and she didn't want to. She had went throughout this entire pandemic working in the intensive care unit. It pretty much was a COVID unit. Yeah, it's really sad. She had just come back from surgery from leave. Two weeks ago, a little over two weeks, and then um, got her first dose of vaccine after surviving this entire pandemic. What you saw there, this is the latest from Project Veritas. Obviously, that's James O'Keefe, the founder, the head of Project Veritas. Got a, doc, a nurse to come forward and talk about what's happening in the hospitals with COVID patients who have been vaccinated. I want to remind you a couple of points she said. One is people are not filling out VARES reports. This is supposed to be mandatory. The vaccine adverse effect reporting system. E might not be effect. Whatever the E is, it's a vaccine. It's you're supposed to report when the vaccine hurts someone. So the numbers are in the CDCs uh, online. Their VARES numbers are, you know, lower than what's true. And the VARES reports themselves indicate that in America, just in America, something in the range of 12,000 plus people have died shortly after getting the COVID vaccine. I am not a doctor and I am not going to pretend I can analyze all the contents of a vaccine. But that doesn't mean, and that doesn't mean for the American people, that we should just shut up and be told what to think and what to say. The concept, the very idea that in America, you have a woman who works, a nurse, a master's level nurse, working for the federal government, and she has to come forward and be a whistleblower to let America know that our own government is not conforming, not complying with what they're supposed to be doing under theirs, that they have, as you heard her describe, a, very, a healthy 15-year-old, no other problems at all, uh, uh, becoming very ill because of the vaccine, didn't even need to have a vaccine. Uh, her friend, she's getting teary, describing as her friend who was, uh, didn't want to have the vaccine, had worked as a nurse the entire COVID pandemic worked as a nurse, been fine, coerced into getting the vaccine and passed away, otherwise healthy. And I'm saying all this to say, I will tell you in this country, you know, among the most um, controversial uh, issues facing the country, uh, failing to secure the border, the, the abandonment of the border, election integrity and COVID policy, these three arenas are where there is not only wide um, wide disparity in views, but there is among many people the concept that they are going to say and do and think whatever they've heard from the federal government and not just disagree with their neighbors who think differently. They're going to hate their neighbors. They're going to stop speaking to them. They're going to treat them as though they are lepers. They're going to exclude them from their lives. The this whole public policy handling of the COVID problem is an intentional manipulation of the American people 
dividing us into camps. I mean, you had the idiocy of Fauci at one point saying something to the effect of a, uh, this is a, you know, a um, crisis or pandemic of the unvaccinated, when actually, as more and more data comes out, the unvaccinated aren't hurting anything. In fact, I was going to tell you one thing. Um, about all this. Uh, number one, I, at this conference I had on Saturday, I mentioned this fabulous conference, conference we had on Saturday. A couple of points that came out are worth repeating to you. We're going to have little segments of the conference to play at various points, but one, was, one point was by the, a doctor making a presentation who's actually successfully treated COVID patients was something in the range of 90% of Americans, 90, has either had COVID and has antibodies or has had the vaccine. So therefore, this is not some, there's no reason for this, this just, uh, not, it's just not chastising. It is treating the unvaccinated as though they are pariahs to be locked up in camps and, and, um, and mistreated as Americans who've lost their rights to be American citizens, lost their right to go to the grocery store, the whole concept of COVID passports. And if you don't get a passport, if you don't get a vaccine, you don't have a passport, you can't go anywhere, you can't fly, you can't go to the store. None of this is necessary based on the science, none of it. It's not necessary. This morning I had a very long conversation with a doctor friend of mine who's also treated many, many, many in the hundreds of COVID patients. And he's making the same point. There's no reason that we should be treating the unvaccinated as such, uh, as people who are to be punished or vilified or segregated, anything else. It is just a, uh, we, it's a decision we have allowed really the medical authorities to make and instill in society and the leftists in society are pushing the vaccine so much that we should, we should divide into camps and the vaccinated should not speak to the unvaccinated. And yet you look at this kind of data. Again, I, I, the last data I saw on the VARA's website was 12,000 deaths, deaths from the COVID, uh, because immediately following getting the COVID vaccine. On top of that, in the hundreds of thousands of serious adverse incidents, I mean, like people like becoming very, very ill, developing heart conditions. You were hearing this woman talk about a heart condition developed by a patient after uh, a healthy patient after getting the vaccine. I want to, the few points I want to kind of drill home in this today about COVID is that it's up to the American people whether or not we let the COVID vaccine advocates and the COVID vaccine passport advocates, the COVID, you know, segregate the people into vaccinated, unvaccinated. It's up to the American people whether we let them do that to us. I really, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it is a, we're treating COVID in this country, our policy, our behaviors, the way the government carries out its conduct, the way media follows on, the left-wing view, the pro-vaccine view, they have been steering this country toward division, toward suspicion and division, and without facts. In fact, the facts, if anything, are caused many reasonable people to question the vaccines. We've had doctors on this show. We had last week, we had Dr. Angelina Farella talking about the idea there's absolutely positively no reason on the planet Earth to vaccinate children for COVID, none. And she's, she's a pediatrician, she vaccinates children for regular child, the regular vaccines, more common childhood diseases all the time. No reason to vaccinate children. 
No reason to require masks for children. We have other doctors on the show running through and describing the content of the vaccines. As you heard this one doctor, doctor on that clip that Project Veritas had, essentially saying these vaccines are full of the S word, S-H-I-T. That's what they're full of. They're, they, are not, they do not belong on the American scene. We had the, the vaccines rushed and the creation of the vaccines rushed. We had then the vaccines become nearly mandated. We have the, the, uh, the Biden administration talking about wanting to have, every time they tiptoe toward, yeah, vaccine mandates, and uh, you know we're gonna have shutdowns, vaccine passports, and we're gonna, we're gonna control the country through the vaccine, uh, the COVID vaccine route. And then they, they kind of tiptoe back because it doesn't resonate with the people. Well, there's a reason that vaccine mandates don't resonate with the people. There's a reason vaccine passports don't resonate with the people. There's a reason the vaccines don't resonate with the people because people read about them. They understand the experimental nature, especially those who have been through COVID. They have the natural antibodies. There's no reason in the world for those people to be getting the vaccine. In fact, that was another great doctor we had on the show two or three, I don't know, two weeks ago or so talking about once you've had COVID and you have the antibodies in your system, there's no reason you simply cannot spread COVID, number one, you can't get COVID, and there's no reason, zero reason to get the vaccine. And yet all those things are being pushed by the government until they get pushed back. I'm just, I'm telling you friends, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a medically trained person. And most Americans are not, but we are actually free people. And we're free people who are entitled to read, to listen to more doctors than just the federal government doctors, to learn from doctors who are actually treating COVID, which Fauci has never done. He's a researcher. He happens to hold a title that gives him authority and gives him a, a microphone to blast out to the world his latest opinion. He's not treated a single COVID patient in his life. And the things he did early on, when he was denigrating and mocking and ridiculing hydroxychloroquine, doctors all over the country saying it works great in helping COVID patients at early phases. It's very helpful. In fact, it's a prophylactic. We had inhaled budesonide. We had doctors talking about that from Dr. Bartlett in this show to doctors around the country saying this works great to help patients struggling to breathe with COVID. I mean, it was an immediate reliever of the stress and strain, the fear that comes when you can't get your breath under COVID. Everyone in this country is entitled to think, they're entitled to read, they're entitled to ask questions, they're entitled to have an opinion different from that of Dr. Fauci and not be treated like a pariah. Yet you had Dr. Fauci mocking hydroxychloroquine, mocking budesonide, mocking ivermectin, mocking these drugs that actual practicing doctors around the country are say, say are very, very efficacious in dealing with COVID. And all of the efforts at the federal level were driving Americans toward thinking the only solution is the vaccine. The only solution out of the, not just Fauci, but other national people, officials, the, that the entire uh, treatment that was effective or the, the, the only way permissible or effective to treat COVID was to wait for the vaccines. So now that so we have, we've lost people who potentially could have been saved had they used these treatments. Other doctors have been, it's not just like two or three quack doctors. It's in the thousands and thousands of doctors in this country speaking up and saying there are effective ways to treat COVID. Let's not go nuts on the vaccine. So here we are, we have Project Veritas bringing out a nurse, a, a, a serious level nurse saying, you know what? 
uh, we aren't getting adequate reports that the VAERS numbers are very, very artificially low because doctors aren't reporting what is happening. They're not reporting the deaths and the serious injuries as they're supposed to. I don't know if it was in the clip I played for you or not, but one thing she said is the reporting is so um, burdensome to do. It takes too long to fill out the papers. These people are busy, and so they don't do it. And there may be other reasons, too. But I raise all this to say we're at a very crucial time in this country because, uh, and let me segue in something else, kind of tying into my first point today about, you know, the path that Biden and the left are on. The World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, actually wrote a book. I, I meant to grab it today. I don't have it with me, but I have it at home. Wrote a book talking about COVID-19 as a justification, as using, as manipulating the world into submission to the new world order, the new economic world order, by using COVID, by springboarding off of COVID and saying, well, now, and he called it the COVID reset. Great international reset, resetting the world, redistributing wealth, redistributing power, surrendering of the power of the nation states toward the one global order thing. And he's using COVID as that example. And then he comes down to what's happening in America, and you have doctors striving and pushing toward the vaccine, which, which resulted in some cases with people who didn't get the treatments that could have helped them, as many doctors have been trying to say, the doctors from America's frontline doctors have been trying to say this, Dr. Richard Bartlett, literally thousands of doctors around the country are saying, you don't have to wait for a vaccine when you have COVID and you don't have to wait till you're in the hospital gasping for breath and then maybe getting a slot on a ventilator and the ventilator survival rate is something like 15 or 25%. Most people die in the ventilator. If you, I, I'm urging you to get to the conclusion that COVID policy in this country is not medical, it is political. COVID policy in America is not medical, it is political. I am not saying that COVID doesn't exist. Obviously, COVID exists. Obviously, people have suffered and died from COVID. And obviously, the government is using the COVID threat as, in, as a political weapon to manipulate the American people into submission, to scare them away from treatments that doctors are saying works, and to force Americans toward vaccines. And then you look at this woman trying to say how truly harmful the vaccines are. There, there's so many more doctors I could bring on the show, so many more doctors who can talk about what the vaccines, how they're different, how they're unique, what they're made of, what they're doing to people, how they're harming people, and they are leading to permanent disability and death. And yet in our country, you still have at the federal level, for the most part, the authorities at the federal level saying basically the best and pretty much only answer is to wait for the vaccines. The vaccines being pushed and pushed. You have to, as an intelligent American, ask why. Why? Why would you get a vaccine? In fact, that has been my question of numerous doctors on the show. We had Dr. Peter McCullough two or three weeks ago. We've had many doctors on the show making the point that you don't, when you, in any other disease in America, in the world, you don't say, well, wait till you're deathly ill and then go to the hospital and seek care. At the early end, early symptoms, you go and figure out what is I can do right now. But the formal official COVID policy coming out of Washington was wait till you're sick and die, um, sick and dying, and then race to the hospital and see if they can save you. That was pretty much pretty much the policy put out by the federal government. 
unlike uh, and, and doctors who were saying all along, they weren't just saying, you know, try budesonide, try ivermectin, try hydroxychloroquine. They were trying to say that, and they were literally being mocked and ridiculed at the federal level, and they were getting threatened by their own state medical boards with the loss of their license. One of the doctors at my summit talked about he actually used hydroxychloroquine along with other, another ser a protocol of things, which I never can remember the whole litany, at zinc and vitamin D and a, a variety of other things that he was prescribing. But he literally saved at an entire nursing home full of elderly patients from COVID by not sending them to the hospital, not letting them get on ventilators, but treating them with hydroxychloroquine basically and the other protocols. One of his either 39 or 41 patients who I believe was 101, passed away, but everybody else who contracted COVID completely survived. And that great record, you'd think they'd be dancing in the street celebrating him. Instead, he ended up on the front page of magazines and ridiculed as a doctor, endangering the health of senior citizens, investigated by the state medical board, for months questioned by the state medical board for providing treatment that works. You hear these stories, the stories like this all over the country. You cannot sit back in your home and just say, well, I'm afraid of COVID and I gotta trust somebody, so I'm gonna go with Fauci. I mean, you can do that, but actual thinking Americans, actual thinkers are entitled to read, learn, process, and come to their own conclusions and pursue their own doctors and the, with their own treatments that doctors have found effective and not have the ridicule piled on them. The federal government's proposing segregating people, uh, losing your rights to uh, enter public businesses like it is in New York right now. You can't go in restaurants. You can't go. I, I think you can't go on public transportation without your vaccine passport. We are allowing the threat of COVID, which still has for virtually every category of Americans, a 99% plus survival rate. That's what COVID has. We're allowing the entire country to surrender our freedom. It is complete insanity, my friends, complete insanity. I am not advocating whatever you want to do with your health care. Uh, you know, you should do it. If you want to wear a mask, go ahead. If you don't want to wear a mask, you're not hurting anybody. If you don't wear a mask, this is what the doctors have been trying to say, that the masks cannot block the COVID virus. So if you have, you want to wear a mask, great. You don't want to wear a mask, great. You want to get a vaccine, you ought to read and understand. In fact, someone's texting me during this show, the actual VAERS data now, the Vaccine Adverse Instant Reporting System, over 14,000 deaths in America from the vaccine. Healthy people taking the vaccine and dying. Far huge, bigger number than has ever died from other vaccines in America. We pulled vaccines out of the uh, public square for far fewer deaths. And somehow this COVID thing has people on the march. I'm gonna tease uh, one topic for next week and then turn to my two other topics. So uh, this morning I was talking to a doctor who I think can come on with me next week. And he's talking about the idea that the, the virus, the, the vaccines we have now were targeted at you know, SARS-19, COVID-19, SARS, which is a, basically a virus like a cold virus. Those vaccines were tailored to COVID-19. What we're seeing now in America, COVID-19 pretty much gone, according to this doctor, pretty much gone from the scene. The new vaccine, the new uh, viruses and the uptick numbers are not SARS-19. They're new viruses. 
and that the vaccine developed for SARS will not protect you or help you in any way with the new viruses. So there's going to be another round of, well, we had a good virus, but that was just COVID-19. Now we got to go over here, a new virus, new virus, new virus, new virus, new vaccine, new vaccine, new vaccine, new rules, new shutdowns, new rules. I'm telling you folks, COVID is being handled as a political manipulation tactic in this country. Yes, it is a serious disease. Yes, you should see your doctor. Yes, you should respond. And you should get several doctor's opinions if you would like to. You should feel free to do that. You should not salute to whatever you're hearing out of the federal government because this is America. You're allowed to research on your own, think on your own, come to your own conclusions, and pursue what you want to do with your health care. The idea that the federal government is going to attempt to use COVID-19 to take away your freedom is profoundly un-American and unjustified by the facts. In this country, I didn't bring the clip today, I might do it tomorrow, but in Australia, they're having major, major protests in the street because the countries have been shut down. The country's been shut down over a small number of deaths. And there are now people in the streets. I really wish in New York City, I would love to see just a massive, massive protest saying, we're not going, no one's going to any restaurants until the city lifts this vaccine passport order. That would be a great thing. And it's happening around the country. Other cities, you see people standing up. You cannot allow, allow the government to use COVID or any other disease to regulate your freedom, to control your freedom, to say whether you can go to the restaurant, get on an airplane, or anything else. Again, COVID has a 99 percent plus survival rate for virtually everyone. You can protect the vulnerable, protect those who have unique reason. They may be more vulnerable, but the, the entire American population should not agree to lose their freedom just because of what the left is trying to do and using, as, as Klaus Schwab admitted in the World Economic Forum book and his COVID reset, use COVID to seize political power. That's what he was saying. That's what America is trying to do. And the people who love freedom need to stand up now not later. Okay, I want to hit uh, two amazing things. Oh, there's one more story. I'll have to come back to COVID tomorrow because I, I can't do this one. I want to hit something else. So I'm going to tell you two rather uh, seemingly contradictory things related to the situation on the border. Number one, you may know that in Del Rio, Texas, which is a border town, they have a very large population of Haitians, people from Haiti, you know, hanging around by the border. Uh, they're trying to get in. I mean, it's a massive number of Haitians. Now, if you know your geography, it's a little bit of geography, they couldn't have walked here. They're not contiguous. There's not a contiguous landmass to get to Haiti. Somebody helped them. Several somebodies helped them get themselves to America's southern border. I could go with Soros. I could go with other the left-wing organizations in this world that see as a mission to get toward global control of the world, global government, that you have to eviscerate the borders of every country. It is the dream goal of many left-wing organizations. Abandon the idea of borders and just a borderless world with a big, happy federal, you know, U.S., not U.S., big, happy government, uh, communist-controlled uh, society and government where everything's controlled uh, in one international body. This is the goal of, of World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, many leftists. So we have Haitians at the southern border. And just four months ago, Joe Biden announced that Haiti, the country of Haiti, was not safe. 
They've had numerous natural, natural disasters. I mean, Haiti is impoverished on a good day. They've had natural disasters. And so now they have this, this enormous crowd of Haitians at the southern border. And if there was one issue that Biden's uh, administration's been criticized over, I mean, they get criticized over failing to secure the border. They pretty much abandoned the southern border. So failure to secure the border, COVID tyranny, and fomenting election fraud. Those three things, the Biden administration, hallmarks of their administration, it's what they stand for. But back to the border. So Biden's team has been getting a lot of, of pushback, and it's not just from the conservatives, not just from the right, even from the left saying, you know, our border, our southern border is a disaster. We're overrun. And so he's beginning to recognize, or not Biden, because he doesn't even know what is going on at all. Whoever is running the country, and Biden is the mouthpiece, whoever is running the country is realizing that this is hurting the American left, that the leftist vision, their mission to abandon the border is at this point too prominent, too far out there, may actually cause them political harm. So the Biden administration announced they are going to fly. They are doing a, a big program. They're going to fly the um, Haitian refugees uh, concentrated in Del Rio, Texas, back to Haiti. So they're showing pictures of airplanes. Look, here they go. We're sending them back. They can't just show up at our border. I mean, the absurdity. They can't just show up at our border, and they may be among those who qualify for asylum in America under our asylum standards. Uh, I don't know. We, I mean, the asylum standards should be applied to everyone the same. But Biden team, recognizing that they're getting criticism, is at least putting out the story, the story that they are sending Haitian refugees back. I, I kind of want to say, folks, I'll believe it when I see it because I don't think they want to have to send any refugees back. They're trying as hard as they can to flood America with refugees, but they're claiming they're gonna send the Haitian refugees back um, and they're putting them on an airplane, you know, just months after uh, Biden said that Haiti was actually, um, wasn't safe and so expressing sympathy. Well, at the same time, this is happening. So you see my caption, deporting Haitians? We're not so sure. Ramping up catch and release. You may remember under President Barack Obama, we started the ridiculous policy of having people come into America, cross over the border illegally, get captured, and we say to them, listen, sir, you know, you don't have a right to be here, so we've caught you. We're going to give you a hearing date, an immigration hearing date, but then you can go and wander wherever you're going to go, but you be sure to come back for your hearing date, and then we'll process your asylum application, which, I mean, a kindergartner could tell you, of course, basically nobody ever comes back. Why would they come back? They're going to go wherever they're going to go, and you're never going to see them again, because they don't really want, I mean, if they thought they could for sure get legal citizenship, they would do it, but they're unaware that they can, they're fearful they can't, so they don't. So we had catch and release. One of the brilliant things Trump did said, uh, absolutely not. We're not having cash and release anymore. We're going to have a system, and he had remain in Mexico, keep the people in Mexico uh, who are trying to flood, come over our southern border and process them in an orderly fashion, get their names, get their reason for seeking asylum, have a short hearing, determine if they meet our asylum standards. There are actually standards in the federal law for asylum. It's not just if you want to come here. Poverty is not a standard. Poverty is not a basis for getting asylum in America. Neither is personal domestic abuse at home. It, it, that, those kind of things 
horrific as they are, are not grounds for asylum. If people think we should change the asylum laws and give people asylum because they come from a country that's impoverished, we better be ready to have America overrun with populations from all over the world. It's not a criteria to come to America because you are impoverished. But back to what Trump did. Trump said, you're going to wait in Mexico and we're going to have our hearings and then you can come in. So the Biden team, as soon as they came on, of course, didn't. So, I mean, excuse me, the Trump team said, you know, stay in Mexico. We're not doing catch and release because we catch and release. You never come back and everyone can figure this out. So when Biden came along, he said, yeah, we love catch and release. Come on, baby. Come on in. So that actually is a small aside. It went to the Supreme Court, the remain in Mexico policy. And the Supreme Court did uphold or allowed to stand a lower court order that basically said the Biden team had to had to honor Trump's remain in Mexico policy. That's what the Supreme Court said. It wasn't a, a substantive decision supporting the remain in Mexico party. It was a decision that procedurally the Biden team had not adequately changed the procedure to end the remain in Mexico thing. But in any case, right now, as it stands legally, the, the Biden team is supposed to be leaving these people in Mexico. I mean, they have to stay in Mexico until we have a hearing and tell you if you meet our standards for asylum, and most of them don't. Vast majority do not meet our asylum standards, and then we send them home. At my conference on Saturday, I had a fabulous immigration expert who was talking about the fact that even after the Supreme Court said to the immigration people, you must honor, remain in Mexico, you must follow that until the law is officially changed, he said, they're just ignoring the Supreme Court. My expert at our summit in Saturday said they're just ignoring the Supreme Court. They still are letting them all come in. But the great, the big news I want to tell you, I thought was just so to understand the audacity and the brazenness of the Biden administration. So as migra migrants are pouring over the border, I mean, we're overwhelmed. All the border states are overwhelmed. Um, we have immigration agencies at the southern border who are, in fact, I'll tell you the guy's name who is, is uh talking about this. He actually quit. Uh, he was, his name is Thomas Feely, F-E-E-L-E-Y. He's a former director of ICE in New York State, but he quit ICE and he's now trying to whistleblow essentially to say what's happening is the catch and release thing used to happen like right inside Texas, right inside California, wherever the people came over the border, you know, Arizona, just let them go right there. So they're wandering onto people's private property. You know, it just was a mess. So he's saying, what's happened with catch and release, all we've really done since then, what the Biden team is doing, is they are putting pressure on the local border officials who collect these people, the few they do catch crossing the border, uh, and, and obviously far greater number of people cross the border are never caught because they cross places where we don't have any border uh, enforcement. But the people who are caught, and, and they're somehow being temporarily detained, what they're doing, they're being told from Washington, get those people out of those on-the-border facilities, get them up to other states, middle heartland America states, and in those states, there you release them, there you engage in catch and release. So they're not all in California and Texas. They're being brought up to other states all over the country and, and told that there is where they get released. So um, this guy is saying, they, the, the, uh, and they're, in fact, they're even saying, instead of releasing him in the border, you know, fly him up this place, that place, release him somewhere else. And then he's saying they're being told in part because we have to make room for the more immigrants coming across the border. 
people. I'm, I could go on and on about the border, but I do want to. I want to do my last segment today and actually do it justice. The articles I talked about, the information I shared with you is on our website, americacanwetalk.org. On the homepage under shows, drop down list of links, you can read these. I can't urge you strongly enough to read them so you don't think I'm just making these things up. Read them yourself. Ask how we could ever have a sovereign nation and a border if this is our border policy. How? How, how can we have that? And I'm getting at the idea that it is breathtaking to recognize this is the most audacious in your face, corruption of America as a homeland, America as a sovereign nation, that a government, our government, is simply allowing people into the country, uh, flown off to other places, told catch and release, and everyone knows they never show up again to make more room. And the, and the, the Biden administration is trying to say, hey, hey, you can't say we aren't enforcing the border. Look what we're doing. They're flying these Haitian people back to the country of Haiti. First of all, I'm not sure they're actually doing it. I think they're saying it. I guess we'll find out if they're really doing it. But they are doing nothing about the far larger numbers, the masses of numbers pouring over the border every day, every week, every month since the time he came to office. Nothing. This is right in your face. It's, say, it's, it's like a homeowner. It's a you know husband saying to his wife, I'm not abandoning protecting our home. I'm just leaving the front door unlocked, the back door open, everything out. I'm letting them, but I'm not abandoning our home. Well, of course they are. This is what this is what the Biden administration is doing right now. And I I can't urge you strongly enough to recognize when you're when you see that the Biden administration is engaged in this little ploy of saying, oh, oh, we're sending Haitian people back. They're playing you. They're mocking you. They're making fun of people who are simple-minded enough to think, oh, wow, Biden's not really, he's not an open borders guy, because look, we're sending these Haitians back. They found a vulnerable group, sending people back, by the way, to a country which is in horrific shape, but they're sending people back because they can and because they can have some portion of American media. They've already got leftists complaining about this, saying, hey, you know, this isn't right. These poor people, why should they get sent back? All these people complaining about what the, um, what the Biden administration is doing just with this small little group of Haitians, when the fact is our country has abandoned the southern border. If you don't have a border, you don't have a country. One last topic, I, I, I say this all the time, America did not vote for this. I just want to remind you again, the place America was in the four years under President Trump. Like him, hate him, I don't care. We had a growingly and nearly secure southern border. We had a wall being built. We had resources put in. We had policies in place like Remain in Mexico and others that were beginning to turn back the hordes of the caravans of people walking up through Mexico, from Central America, as well as we talked about in the show, they've caught people at the border from the Middle East, jihadist type people from the Middle East. We've, now we have the Haitians coming over. We had a massively open border. And President Trump said, can't have an open border because you don't have a country. You had a robust economy. You had jobs growing. America was back to being America, just like President Trump talked about in the beginning of uh, his first year of his first term when he spoke at the UN. America's back. We're going to be a country again. We're not going to be a subsidiary of the UN. We're not going to be a part-time involved player with this uh, New World Order stuff. We're going to be America. 
and we had economy, military strength, and now I just want you to think in the short eight months that the occupant of the, of the White House has held the title of president, I want you to think about the things he's done to America and ask yourself, number one, are these things anyone would do if they were trying to preserve America? And are these things you can actually say in your heart of hearts that you think the Biden voters wanted? Just run through this litany. Southern border abandoned. The Afghan surrender, you know, ending up with the deaths of innocent American patriots who were killed by a suicide bomber who was, who was enabled by the irresponsible, reckless method of withdrawal from Afghanistan. Oh, by the way, another false flag thing that the Biden team did after that, those Americans were killed and a lot of Americans were upset saying, you know, why didn't we withdraw in an orderly way? The Biden team tried to quick save face. To, oh, yeah, yeah, but we're sending we're, we're going to send in and we're going to bomb from the air this. We have another jihadist, another would be suicide bomber. We're going to take him out. And what they actually did, as you know, we talked about in the show before, but what they actually did was kill 10 completely innocent Afghan citizens, seven of them children. But ask yourself, did America vote for this? Mandatory vaccines, vaccine passports, can't even go to a restaurant in New York City and other places. Vaccine mandates for all sorts of people, masked school children for absolutely no reason at all. Critical race theory taught everywhere. Racial tension uh, through the roof. Critical race theory teaching young children to divide according to race, to hate the other races, and to hate America while they're at it. Um, government spending, we haven't even done a special show on this. The amount of spending the left is, is, is pursuing in this most recent $3.5 trillion. I mean, it's so, I mean, people say monopoly money. That's not even adequate. It's absurd, oblivion level. It's impossible to comprehend kind of spending. Uh, defunding police, uh, and we have defunding police having occurred, and we have a more dangerous country with more crime because people get not just that the police have been defunded, but that somehow the sympathy for criminals and disdain or at least, um, you know, a cavalier indifference to the victims of crime. This is the MO of the Democrat Party, of the Democrat Party now running our country. We don't care about the victims of crime. We care about the criminals related to defunding the police. We have dismantling the military through Marxism, critical race theory, mandatory vaccination, whole other story that I get to another day, and permanent destruction, the attempted permanent destruction to all paths of election integrity. I am telling you, my friends, that the American people did not vote for any of this. We are about out of time on the show today. I close the show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started out talking about Biden versus Trump at the UN. Trump at the UN 2017, American sovereignty mentioned 19 times. Biden at the UN 2021, sovereignty mentioned once, and that was in relation to the Palestinians needing a sovereign state. Climate change, 17 times. COVID vaccines, which we're going to hear next week, are going to be not impactful. They aren't going to help people with the Delta variant at all. So COVID vaccines, imperative for the world. Uh, latest medical input suggests C19 vaccines have no efficacy with Delta, uh, which is a new virus and not a mutation. And original COVID-19 virus has dissipated. The ruling Biden cabal is pro-UN and pro-New World Order, pro-using 
COVID as a basis to get to the Great Reset, yet there's no polling or other evidence suggesting that Americans share this view. Americans never rejected MAGA. And on HHS Vax Whistleblower, Project Veritas' latest release, uh, we had the high-level nurse uh, at a federal government-managed hospital turning whistleblower, vaccine full of the S-word, adverse reactions not being reported, as she's telling you, dozens of adverse reactions not being reported. Nurse colleague worked through pandemic without a vaccine, then forced to take a vaccine to keep her job, and she dies after getting the job. These stories are not standalone, isolated. They're happening all over the country. Medical hierarchy remains adamant, rigid, tyrannical, but mandating vaccines. Whistleblower will likely lose her job, but is standing up and speaking out. Medical science appears completely politicized in 2021. Americans are rapidly losing trust in the medical profession. And in deporting Haitians and ramping up catch and release, bipartisan pillory, pillorying, that's a hard word to say, but it's a great word, pillorying of the Biden administration for border collapse. Nobody supports this except radical leftists intent on taking down America. Optics of 10,000 Haitians potentially welcome at the southern border, while Cubans fleeing communism were told by Biden not to come. They're threatened against entering the U.S., not looking good for Biden. Now mainstream media reports the Biden administration's report is deporting Haitians back to Haiti, same time the whistleblowers reporting catch and release into the heartland of America. The reality, Biden spoke up for four months ago on the dangers in Haiti, signaling a welcome from the USA. 10,000 Haitians did not arrive at the U.S. southern border without deliberate funding and support. They didn't walk here. They were helped here. Does anyone really believe a thorough deportation effort of Haitians is underway, especially when cash and release is being re-implemented? And on the last slide, I said Americans did not vote for this. I just pretty much read you the last slide in, in a moment ago on this show. I'll just leave it up for you to look at, and you can take a screenshot of it. I won't read it again. But I really want to urge you to think about this. What we are watching in Washington, besides we have a massive election integrity issue as to what really happened in 2020, we have the leftist tyrannical government elected in Washington undertaking methods and means and plans and policies the American people never voted for. If the September 24th results of the Arizona audit, which is coming up now, lead to decertification of electors, what will happen next? And I do not know, but I will tell you on Thursday, if you're not a member of this show, today's a good day to join. Go to americacanwetalk.org. And on the home page is a word members across the top. Hit on members. Up pops the page. Join. Join America Can We Talk this Thursday. We have joining us the woman who put together the citizen-based effort to canvas voters in Maricopa County to talk to them about all she did was say, hey, you know, Mr. Uh, John and Susie Smith at this address, we show in, in uh, Maricopa County records that you had 17 voters from this house. You have 17 voters living here. And they said, no, we actually only have two. They don't ask who you voted for. They don't ask anything other than how many voters at the address where votes were reported to have come from. And she uncovered massive, massive uh, disconnects between the, claim, the records of the voting department, the voting uh, election department in Arizona, the address they had, the number of people they showed who voted there, and the actual truth when you talk to the people. 
some of them saying, I voted and my vote never, and they say, sorry, your vote never came in, wasn't counted. Others, uh, they have phantom voters, they have people who say, as the example I gave a moment ago, saying, well, you know, we had like 25 voters at this house, and they say, no, actually, no, no one here voted. She tracked down the canvassing effort. She's joining us Thursday. That alone is a reason to join American Community Talk, besides that it helps keep this show rolling. So go to AmericanCommunityTalk.org, join, hit that members button, hit join, join. It is very inexpensive to join, and it can be part of our Thursday members-only exclusive shows. I also urge you at the website to hit subscribe. You get our once-weekly newsletter. And to those people who've been emailing me, yes, I got very busy, and I, with the conference, this past, the summit this past Saturday, I missed two weeks in a row of writing a newsletter. I do it myself. I don't pass off to anyone else. It's me, my voice, my words. And I didn't get to it the last two weeks, so I will get to it this week. You'll be hearing from me back to regular once-a-week newsletters. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. America Can We Talk, truth about America.